Hi there, good morning, afternoon, everybody. This is Tracy Isaac from Silicon Valley Bank. For those of you who don't know me or don't know at Silicon Valley Bank, we actually are based in, in California. I'm based in California. But actually, we're pretty much a global organization now, banking around 50% of venture-backed technology startups and about 70% of venture firms. And I'm thrilled to be here today with Tony Askew from Reed Elsevier, who I'm going to let introduce himself in a minute. But both of us were just talking before the call. We had a pre-call a week ago, and both of us just acknowledged the changes that have happened in this last week. It's been a really sad week, and it's certainly been a very sad week here in the States. And I do just want to make sure that we're all conscious of the way that some of our people are feeling and all really empathise with some of the stuff that's going on. So I know that's a bit of a, a downer to start on, Tony, but I am really excited to talk to you today. We've been around for a while and we've seen a few things, but this is certainly, this is certainly a different week for, for all of us. But maybe just, just give us an introduction to you. I'm not sure everybody knows Reed Elsevier as well as, as you do, so maybe also just share a bit more about the company. Sure. And Tracy, I, I, before I start, I'd echo those comments too. This, this last week has been got an unbelievable rollercoaster really of emotion. I, I think it's hitting whole broad swathes of populations, not just in the US, but across the world. And it, it, I think it's really a moment for us all to kind of think very hard about um, some of the impact that policy has had on major parts of the populations, uh, not, not just in the US, but across Europe and worldwide. So yeah, so about me very quickly. So I've been in venture capital for more than 20 years, uh, um, 20, more than 20 years ago, at the end of the 90s in the dot-com era, I was at SoftBank, and uh, I, I understood then how Masayoshi Son was able to call the top of the market with his massive investment activities. And at the end of 2000, my partner and I, Kevin Brown, we both raised a fund with a single LP that in those days was known as Reed Elsevier, and that these days is, is Relex. And it's essentially the same company. It owns LexisNexis and Elsevier and Rebusiness Information, which includes Bankers Acuity and a very big exhibitions group called Reed Exhibitions, roughly a $10 billion revenue company, circa $50 billion market cap. Although the market cap was, wasn't as big as that back in 2000 because it was largely a print-based traditional publisher. And they realized in 2000 that they were at the beginning of a, of a very long exercise of reinvention from being largely print and traditional media into something that was digital and beyond. And, and essentially, that's, that's why we raised the money with them and, and how we came on board. They've recognized that they were at a pivot point where they'd have to reinvent or, or something bad would happen. For them, that, that trans, transformation has really worked very well. In that last 20 years, they've completely reinvented. Uh, they are now number one, number two players in, in very big information-rich, deep data and analytics markets in, in legal, in scientific, in medical, in banking, insurance, in agriculture, transportation, and, and, and many others. And more than 75% of the revenue now is from, is from transaction data, subscription data, and analytics, high, very high-end analytics, as well as AI and machine learning-led uh, platforms. So they've, they've been on this massive transformation journey, and, and we've been part of that whole journey over that whole period. And we think they're actually a, 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 the hidden gem of reinvention in, in terms of worldwide corporations. Very few organizations have transformed quite as much as, as uh, Relex has. 
we we found we found it as Reed Elsevier Ventures, and many people in this community will, know, will remember us as, as Reed Elsevier Ventures. But we rebranded when Reed Elsevier rebranded to REV Venture Partners, largely because we were REV on most cap tables, and people <laughs> tended to refer to us as such. We've essentially got the same mission, which is to look three to seven years out for transformative technologies, business models, and shifts in talent pools in ways that are going to impact the broad market for information and data. So we don't really define our markets really around where Relix is as, as an organization now or needs to be in the future. It's more really around our, our core thesis is data and analytics is transforming and reinventing every industry as every industry effectively becomes an information industry. The early part of our uh, investment portfolio was in content replatforming, things like that. We're very early in natural language search and natural language unstructured data and then we got into structured data environments we're very very early invested in palantir and we followed that whole story of, of the human machine equation and that now forms a very core part of how we view the world that we view the world is really going to be the uh, the optimization of what, what humans are very good at which are creative instincts it's understanding it's planning it's thinking thinking through complex non-linear problems and computers which really bring in sort of a uh, horsepower uh, to an analytical capability and, and, and processing capability. And we see that sort of expressing in a number of vertical markets, healthcare, legal, finance, education, uh, agriculture, where we've made investments in all those uh, verticals, but also importantly in horizontal technology and capability enhancing platforms that kind of cut across a number of industries, what people think of like horizontal technology companies. So of that, roughly a third of our portfolio at any point in time is horizontal. And, and two thirds are in these sort of vertical market transformations. But as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, we don't really look just at the, at the vertical markets and the platforms that Relex are necessarily interested in. It's very, very broad across the piece. Now, the question we often get asked is how do we balance the financial with the strategic? From a financial perspective, we operate as a venture fund. So we, we only hire from venture industry, partner Kevin and I are both from SoftBank, we lead and structure rounds. We invest very internationally. We're one of very few very international funds. Uh, we invest in the US, in Europe, Israel, and, in, and even in Australia. It's typically investing Series B and Series C, occasionally getting involved in Series D and very occasionally earlier stage, deploying between $5 and $10 million. So we, we, op, we run and operate as a venture fund. We benchmark ourselves to the uh, Cambridge Index in the US. And uh, we're, we're profitable from a fund return perspective and have been for, for, for many, many years. So effectively, Relax get this operation uh, effectively free of charge because we're making sufficient distributions to pay not just our own uh, uh, costs, but also making a distribution back to Relax. Strategically, well, we spend roughly 30% of our time with Relax and Relax operating units, helping them understand the, really Im the real impacts of the private money that's, and VC money that's going into markets that they're interested in, uh, both directly and in the white space areas. So we're typically looking at heat maps, we're looking at doing market mapping activities, we're looking at overall trend analysis across the three dimensions of, of technology, business model, and talent pools, which are, we think are the, the three things that really incumbent organizations are, are notoriously slow at, at, at incorporating and, and, and really lack some of the sense-making apparatus within their core operations to, to really chart 
how that is going to impact their business units over, over, over a long period of time. Largely because most incumbents have got a blend of, of companies, some of which are exposed at the, at the cutting edge and some which are, are further back and, and Rolex is, uh, is no different to that. So that's how we've operated over the years. Over that period, it's, it's just been Kevin and myself making these investments. So we were actually one of the longest serving teams in the business operating at very international. We'll come back to now, but what I would really love to do is just talk about the history of the last two downturns and kind of what mm. you experienced. I mean, what you experienced and, and maybe just weave in how you think it's different to what's happening now between, you know, the, the, the sort of 2000 crisis, the 2008 crisis, and just talk about what you're seeing now that's different. That's a very good question. I mean, I think that initial crisis back in 2000, 2001, didn't catch anybody by surprise. And I think the, the nature of that was kind of a comeuppance for a bunch of entrepreneurs and VCs that had been making out like bandits with actually nothing really underpinning it. There were very few, real, I mean, you remember the times, there were very few real business models. You, know, you, were, send, you, were, you, you were sending very um, spurious uh, stuff uh, around a very low bandwidth environment. You didn't even have a scale. Uh, search engine really i mean google 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 at that point a lot of people don't remember but google at that point was the search for yahoo i mean very few people went straight to google they, they were using google through yahoo that's how far back this was and the fallout was largely in the tech industry because tech at that point was a sector so through that that the 90s and the early part of that decade technology was a sector you invested in technology sector vcs were very specialist activity because you invested in technology and technology was a thing. The, majority, the, the top valued companies in the world were primarily the, the top of the top 50 companies. Nearly all of them were industrial conglomerates and industrial kinds of companies in oil or in, in cross energy, obviously, and pharmaceutical and heavy industry and those kinds of things. In fact, I think it was only Microsoft that, 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 that punched into that. What's different between then and, and, and now is now every company is a technology company. And so I'll come on to the impact we're having now, which I think is, is, is pretty fundamental. And then the impact in 2008 and 2009 with the, with the, with the credit crunch, again, was a, it was a, almost like a stimulated crash. This was as a result of nefarious banking activity that people poorly understood in derivative markets. And again, it did have its very strong effect on the technology industry. But during that period, that, that was a period actually historically, if you look back to make hay as an investor, because although the, the, the public markets were heavily affected and, and Main Street, as they called it, Main Street USA was affected as people were losing ground with their mortgages and so on, the technology industry itself was continuing to innovate and power ahead. And there were, very, there, there, there were no real limitations on travel and anything like that, which is what we're seeing now. And where we are now is the, the although the 2007, 2008, 2000, well, 2007 was a market high and then 2008, 2009 was, was a low point, money came out of the system and people had to, had to cut their cloth and the, and, and the same rules applied of, of ensuring that your companies had cash enough to survive and anyone exposed particularly to the financial services industry was going to really suffer. The difference with now, I think, this is a, you know, absolutely systemic across the board slow down you know you're seeing with a pandemic uh, that there are a lot of non-obvious uh, implications to the slowdown so some of them are things like the pipeline development is getting going in at the top but not getting converted in the middle 
there's a definite slowdown of early stage tech investing. But curiously, the public market has not yet responded negatively. The public market is still going very strongly. So there's some, we can probably dig into that a little bit. I'll, I'll pause in a second. But this is a very different kind of downturn than we've seen in 2008, 2009, and certainly the, the, the one from 20 years ago. And, and you know, I, know I, I feel like we're going we're gonna to run out of time because there's so many questions that we could ask. And please, if there's anyone who does have a question, just, just pop it into the Q&A session. But, but, but maybe just talk about how are you handling this, this phase? And, and what are you doing? You know, how, how are you looking at investments through this phase? That's a good question. So I, th- I think our focus immediately shifts in these kinds of downturn environments to the portfolio to ensure that we've got the right practices, policies and approaches in place across the portfolio. And, and that really is around managing to cash. So in a, in a downturn environment, the first thing you must do in an organisation is manage to cash to ensure that you can survive. All the, all the lessons learned from the previous downturns is those that survive have a much better chance of thriving afterwards than the ones who don't, <laughs> strangely, the ones who don't make it tend not to thrive afterwards. And so across all the portfolio and actually across all the market, the right thing for a board to do is focus on, on that survival. Now, some in a downturn actually find themselves with a better, a better book of business. And, and this downturn is no different. In this downturn, it's education businesses have got a much stronger, at least medium term prospect as people have um, used the downturn environment to, or the, the stay at home request to uh, to fortunately uh, improve them, improve themselves and that includes wellness and health apps and those kinds of things but there are whole swathes of portfolios where you know your 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 uh, sales uh, are being pushed out by a quarter or two and so therefore it's important to find the way through so that's been the first thing and um, and, and that's occupied a lot of our time and continues to as every board has now come up with covid plans to make sure that people work from home safely and all small companies by and large, have very well adapted already to working from home. And it wasn't anywhere near as bad as many of the corporates that will be in this room here trying to get their tens of thousands of staff to work from home. And most of our companies were able to work from home readily and, and, and relatively early. Even some of the big ones like Palantir and Babel, Recorded Future and, and those were, were able to, to, to kind of uh, retool and work from home relatively quickly. In terms of new origination, you know, I think uh, uh, David had talked about this earlier on in his, in his opening. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I do think it's very hard now to make a new investment in a company where you haven't yet met the entrepreneurs. And we have now run through all those companies where we'd already previously met with the companies and were considering them. And we've actually, you know, in most cases, those we've declined. And therefore, as I said, the funnel coming in at the top, and this is like doing enterprise selling actually you know, you're able to do a lot of initial meetings on zoom but when you get down to the real nuts and bolts meeting where you want to meet the team you want to meet them in situ particularly for us where my partner and i are both based here in london and are very very used to traveling every other week to various places in the us and around the world that piece of that piece of it isn't able to be done so i suspect that will when that comes back we'll be able to 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 to, to very quickly backfill that portfolio uh, that pipeline but at the moment we're uh, we're we're not really making any new investments until we're able to travel again and meet and meet those entrepreneurs. We're we're not ready yet, and I don't think anybody really is in the venture industry to make a five ten million dollar investment in in a team, which is so important that it's the people that you're fundamentally backing at Series B and Series C, even though they've got revenue and they've got customers, it's still the team. And uh, maybe I'm just died in the wall and I'll style VC, but I'm not yet ready to make a decision about a team unless I've actually physically 
physically met them and sat down with them. I think that's going to be a common theme through the day. So just on a final question, on a positive note, what do you think is going to change as a result of what we've we've all been through, particularly on the COVID side, really less than some of the other stuff that's happening? Sure. Well, I, I think there, there's some obvious things. I mean, I, I, I think that work environment has, has changed. And and I, and I th- the, the reason I think for that is because, I mean, it's been said multiple times by multiple commentators now that what was going to happen in three to five years has really happened in the last three months. And in most cases, it's very hard. Once you change behaviour, the behaviour has changed and then you have another behaviour shift to go back again. And one of the behaviour shifts that's really happened that most large organisations weren't really prepared for and were holding back was the notion that people could be trusted and be more productive if they weren't in the office environment. And I think there's multiple layers to that. One is the distraction that people have within and around the office environment. But I think also in the certainly in the knowledge working category and i know this is very different in an industrial capacity where people do need to be present in that work environment to to manufacture or to or, or to maintain the machinery but in a knowledge work environment which is where certainly we are now most of our, all of our companies it actually has created I, I think an opportunity for people to be more productive and more impactful with time so i think there's a number of behavioral aspects here that i think are very positive coming out of this one of which actually is trust and one of which is increased agency of the individual. Now, that will, I think that will end up having some knock-on effects as to some, uh, some of the theory of the firm for knowledge work environment. Why did we come together to work the way we do? do we, I mean, do we need employment contracts the way they are? And I think all this kind of stuff will, will fold out over time as people have been writing about what the likely impact is going to be on, on, on the nature of work. But I certainly think the biggest impact is going to be that because and part of it very practically in, in cities like London and New York and many cities like that, the uh, the capacity for, for the metro system and the bus system to take people to and from work is going to be severely diminished and the capacity of the office environment is going to be severely diminished. So, so de facto people are going to have to be working from home. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think we're out of time. But thank you so much. You know I could talk to you all day. We usually uh, do indeed. get to see each other. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you in person again. But this indeed. is an amazing thing that GCV have actually been able to pull this Agreed. together and kind of create this. And, you know, well done to GCV. So thank you so much, Tony. Agree. And, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.